Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it after the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 25, 50, 45. Here goes Davis. Oh, my God. This is going running all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. And tonight, hey, it was BYOG bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit until the last one. Kick is blocked. Kick it to the all right thank you for joining the ESVC podcast network where the purpose of every podcast is to make money and to teach business and financial concepts using sports betting as a vehicle so that you can make as much money as possible. So who the hell am I? Why the heck should you should you listen to anything I have to say? Uh, professionally, I have an MBA, Master's in Business Administration. I have uh, clients that worth 50 million and above for decades because they do a good job for them. Uh, Securities licenses. You know, last year I made seventy-one thousand dollars in college football, and about a hundred grand in NFL football. So, to that end, we use business and financial concepts, specifically uh, probability theory, decision science used by the top fifty uh, companies in this country to make decisions. We teach that. And but we give you something, we just don't teach you how to fish. We give you fishes. So uh, you can make the picks yourself, get the picks from us. But what you want to do is learn how to make picks yourself and learn how to make investments yourself, learn how to manage uh, your 401k yourself. And we do it having a lot of fun with college and pro football. So to that end, uh, person with the best information wins. You always have to do your research. I'll have the top 10 rules of betting in the episode notes. It's a guide. Uh, we go through concepts. Each concept we go through is concept related to sports betting and uh, betting college and pro football. And they're concepts that have made me money. And I anticipate uh, will make me money this year. So number one rule of betting is never bet your own team. And this is the conference with my own team, the AAC, but I know a lot about each opponent and I just wait for things to jump out at me. I don't, to be honest, I don't remember, I'm always honest. I hate when people say that. Uh, to be frank, I do not remember missing an AAC game in a while. We said, wait for the ones to jump out at me based on the, the research and watching all these teams every year. Now, uh, one of the big concepts in finance that's analogous to sports betting is the fact that fundamental analysis, there's a big fight between fundamental analysis and technical analysis of finance. Uh, no one has ever gotten rich using technical analysis. A lot of people have gotten rich selling technical analysis, including the owner of your Panthers. However, 
a lot of people have gotten rich using fundamental analysis, and a lot of people have gotten rich taking advantage of market inefficiencies. And you create an advantageous scenario for you of being able to identify a market inefficiency by the number two rule of betting, always do your research. So don't wait till the last minute, you're at the window. Oh, who is this team? Who is Tulsa? We'll tell you who Tulsa is right now, today, early in the season, uh, before the season even started. So you're fully equipped to mitigate inflation, mitigate recession, being able to anticipate the outcome of football games and be able to monetize, and keep relationships as well with your wife, you buy a new purse with betting money so she can let us watch the insane amount of football we watch. So we're going to go through each team in the AAC and we're going to come up with relevant facts that are, are central to you determining who's going to cover and who's going to win these games. Now, within fundamental analysis that we mentioned, there is corporate governance. So Elon Musk, right? Everybody uh, wants to bet on Tesla. They want to invest in Tesla, SpaceX, because Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. And that means that since he is so smart, he's going to manage the company well and he's going to make us money. So we do a lot of corporate governance. We analyze the coaching, the coaching staff, schemes, uh, what they want to play. So we can determine the totals for the season and we can determine uh, how many points they're going to score and whether they're going to cover certain games. And again, uh, three, last three or four years, I've been close to 70% all year college football. And we've made a lot of money and solved a lot of problems. So, so that is the goal. All right. So let's start with the first team in the AAC, which is going to be the North Texas Mean Green. Actually, they're going to be in there next year. But what's relevant is Tillman Fertetta and the Fertetta family that were, I think, around $23 billion. Yes, billion dollars with a B. And they're prominent in this program because Tillman Fertetta is in the border regions of the University of Houston. And he graduated from North Texas, which is coming to the AAC next year. What that means is a lot of money for NIL in the AAC. He owns several casinos and palms, you know, software for sports betting. So when you think about the future of the AAC, he, has, uh, he can bankroll $23 billion for family. They can bankroll the whole AAC and uh, make sure it keeps getting talent and prospers into the future. Uh, billionaires associated with the AAC, Jerry Jones with Tulsa. Uh, not only has he donated a significant amount of money, I think about $100 million. You know, he donated close to maybe, I think, uh, like five, $600 million. <laughs> The University of Arkansas we graduated from oil money, refineries. He's in that business. He knows friends that graduated from Tulsa. He has an affinity for Tulsa. He hires uh, University of Tulsa graduates to work for him, for Jerry Jones, the oil industry, refineries. So to that end, 
He drafted him in the first round, an alignment from Texas, giving that program. Phil Montgomery, who's also from Texas, a lot of credibility. So the AFC is in good shape as far as having a roster of billionaires uh, supporting programs. And then you have Fred Smith from FedEx, who bankrolls the University of Memphis program. He just retired, so he's going to be more hands-on uh, with the program at University of Memphis. So again, we talked about marginal utility. It's another business concept to look at. Uh, the top 200 players are the players to get drafted, but 201 to 1,000, the training with a strategy, fitting talent to scheme, there's not a lot of difference between the AAC and take the top two teams away from the SEC, uh, there's not that much difference. And of course, uh, UCF, USF, University of Houston, Memphis, did all routinely every year beat so-called power five teams. Uh, when you look at the, uh, I mean like Memphis beat UCLA two, two years in a row, Cincinnati beat UCLA, Cincinnati got into the playoffs. There's not much difference with uh, the level of play in the AAC, the fun belt, and let's say 80% of the SEC, 80% of the Big 12, 80%, well, the whole Big 12. I think the AAC is probably better than the Big 12. And the Big 12 is taking three teams from the AAC. We think the, the Big 12 is in trouble too. Now, I don't think the Big 12 has this much billionaire backing. And uh, if you listen to the podcast I did with Graham Honecker, the in the gifts department at Butler University, earn advertising revenue. So with, with all the big markets in the AAC, uh, the future looks bright and the billionaire back, right? So first thing we're gonna look at this year is going to be for the AAC, the Houston Cougars. Dell is a legit receiver. The offensive line, let me see here. The offensive line for Houston. So you always look at the offensive line as far as returning starters. The more football you play, the better you are, coaches tell me. We've got the chance, Nolan, on our previous podcast, the starting quarterback for your Oregon State Beavers. And he agrees as well with all the coaches that the more football you play, uh, the better chance you have. And I've been noticing going through these previews that the, uh, the Sun Belt did Conference USA, did the Big Ten, and coaches who know what they're doing are good at roster management and they return a significant amount of people on the offensive line to be able to control the line of scrimmage, control the game, especially when you get ahead. So they have 103 guys returning on that offensive line, 103, 103 career starts last year. This year, they're down to 65 career starts. That's right close to the bare minimum you need to have to kind of be legit. You figure that uh, Dana Holgerson, looking at corporate governance, offensive-minded coach will be able to mitigate that. Uh, Doug Belt, who a lot of people are looking for a head coaching job, probably just because he's black, 
<laughs> I don't think he's really done that great of a job at, at Houston. He's done it enough. So Houston with an offensive-minded coach, they want to win with offense. What that means is they just want the defensive coordinator to get one stop to be able to dial up a blitz to get him the ball back when they want to in a pivotal part of the game. That's what they want from their defensive corner versus uh, Mike Tomlin, defensive-minded coaches who want to put it on the defense. It's fourth and one at the 45-yard line. They're going to punt, pin them deep, and put it on the defense to win the game. Offensive coach wants to go for it. They're going to score fast, gas the defense. The defense is going to get back on the field, and in general, give up points. But they want that one stop. That's what Doug Galt does. Uh, again, looking at the experience, they have seven back on offense, six on defense. So you live in the past, you die in the past. You bet last year record, you're going to lose a lot of game betting. You can't do that. You got to make money, right? It's a difference between working at 7-Eleven, listening to, to the games on your phone, to uh, being at home watching the Red Channel, Red Zone Channel, and direct TV, having the money to betting dollars to see that, having watching the games from your couch and the comfort of your own couch, right? So you have to win and win consistently. So only six to five starts in that offensive line, seven back on offense, six back on defense at a team that we talked about in the Conference USA podcast, that they're going to the AAC next year, uh, San Antonio. And San Antonio has a great coach, phenomenal coach, you know, a guy that's been looked at for power five jobs, so-called power five jobs at San Antonio. Big game for them, big recruiting game for them. Let me look at the line of that because now uh, processing Houston, at first blush, I'm going to tell you that San Antonio should be able to cover that game uh, because of the youth on that offensive line, Dawson Blitzers early, maybe. Get a, get a pick, get a turnover, and there you go. Big upset because people are looking at Houston, they're going to the Big 12, blah, blah, blah. That was 2021, this is 2022. So looking at first game of the season, September the 3rd. Uh, you're going to be looking hard. Always do your research, right? So the week before, you do your research. Look at the beat writers from each team. If you have a friend that went to the University of Houston, went to uh, San Antonio, call them. Ask them about their team. You want to get first some of the best information right. So uh, you want to have as much information as possible to because to get to a result you got to eliminate variables and co-variables to get to the result so you get information you eliminate variables and you pick the game so september the third let's look at the line of this game uh, san antonio is getting five points so you want to jump all over that. Should be a close game. Uh, the over/under is sixty points. 
I could see this being a 30-24 game. Uh, you know, San Antonio winning this game under the total, because this is the beginning of the season. Both are really good coaches. What that means is that with their uh, game plan for the season, having their season plan, what they do is, like we heard from Vic Sheely, head coach at Houston Baptist, his offensive coordinator is now the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech, air raid guy. He, uh, he recruited Stearns, who's now in the Patriots camp. He told us in the podcast what we've known for years, but now we got direct evidence that you, you have placed in your back pocket for later on in the year. So, yeah, this, this total might be good at midseason, late in the year for these clubs, but to begin the season, I don't think so. You're going to have to work on fundamentals, pound the ball at each other, run it at each other, and keep this game under. So the first game of the season, Houston at San Antonio. Take San Antonio plus the six points under 60. Making money watching sports. I always bet at least 10 games to get arbitrage. And what arbitrage says, the definition in finance is when you pick 10 or more securities in a certain market, you do that to take advantage of a market inefficiency. And again, our research creates a market inefficiency for the, the sports book. And that's our, not our enemy, have friends who run sports books, but we compete against them, right? Not for the house's money, but for your money. So Houston, You know, they'll have an eight, nine win year. But again, with that offensive line, only 65 career starts. Uh, look for them to struggle. Look for them to struggle at Texas Tech. Get right against Kansas and Rice. And then Tulane Friday night, you got to look at that game. Uh, if people haven't learned from the path, they will die in the past. And Tulane, as we'll get into later on in the podcast when we break down Tulane, Tulane can beat you, all right? And that's Houston coming off a 12-2 year. We're looking at it from a finance standpoint, they look like they're probably going to be oversold. Okay. That is your Houston Cougars. Betting preview for uh, 2022. And one thing to look at, uh, there's a difference between blue blood teams and developmental teams. Your blue bloods are Alabama, Ohio State. And then you have teams that are in between developmental and blue blood. Blue blood, they could just, like you used to say with Pat Riley, just roll out the ball and the guys can play. But uh, Alabama's a good developmental program as well. They do both things uh, exceptionally well. Now, Houston, as they're kind of in the middle, they're not a blue blood because they haven't won a national title recently. Their program has been up and down, but they've won uh, big uh, uh, bowl games in New York Six games, right? They've beaten Oklahoma. They've beaten Florida State in those uh, games. So you got to look at the talent they bring in, the talent they bring back. And the fact they only bring six and seven isn't as bad as a team that's rebuilding or that doesn't have the reputation or the recent success Houston's had. 
So that's something to mitigate and look as you start evaluating teams. And again, the corporate governance, uh, Harvison did a good job at West Virginia. He has good pedigree with Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. So he's fine. He's going to score a lot of points. And you got to look at when he's oversold because Vegas knows that. Vegas knows he wants to score. Vegas knows that he gasses his defense. So something that's something you mitigate and you think about as you make your determination on the different teams. Next thing we're going to look at is the coach from a corporate governance standpoint. He lights out. I'll put in the episode notes a link uh, showing him Coach Fickle winning the Ohio State Wrestling Championship. So what that means is he is a great developmental coach to win a state title in wrestling. You got to really know technique. Uh, he was a defensive coordinator. Coach Trestle. I believe his name is Jim Trestle. Mike Trestle, his son, is a defensive coordinator here. Uh, he won a national title with Trestle at Ohio State. He's uh, to be at the level Fickle's at, making four or five million dollars a year at Cincinnati, getting him to the playoffs as a developmental team. He can do it all. He can recruit, he knows techniques, he knows the X's and L's, and he has a good network to build a good coaching staff for our uh, corporate governance angle that we use to determine outcomes of football games. Great roster management. Coming back a playoff appearance, he has 107 starts coming back on the offensive line. That's huge. He's going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. He likes to play zone. He likes to control the game. He's the opposite of, of holders, right? He wants to keep his defense fresh. He wants his guys to run the ball. And he develops his offensive linemen, right? The way he developed as a wrestler, the way he developed defensive linemen. He was at Ohio State. And he does a phenomenal job recruiting people to his scheme. Great hire with Mike Tressel, uh, who come from the D'Antonio tree. D'Antonio uh, at Michigan State, he comes from the Bill Belichick tree. On seven Super Bowls. D'Antonio did a great job with Michigan State. Michigan State is borderline blue blood, but they're not. You have to develop them. So they did a great job developing players uh, at Michigan State. Uh, Mike Trestles here doing the same thing. Uh, offensive coordinator at Gino Guladoli, right? Pronouncing last name wrong. I'm uh, butchering it. Mr. G U I. D-U-G-L-I. He's not as important because remember, this is a defensive team, special teams, fill position, play zone. So they've made a lot of money uh, to the under. Week one at Arkansas. You're looking at the SEC. The SEC gets a lot of hype. They have this new $3 billion contract. A lot of PR out there. What does that mean? They oversold, they get oversold, and you have to go the other way. So minus seven uh, against Cincinnati, and Cincinnati has 103 guys coming back on that offensive line. Love Cincinnati in this situation. 
not necessarily a win, but to cover what it could be eight points by the time we bet it on Saturday. 54 is way too many points. I could see this game being 24-21. That's 44 points, way under in Cincinnati covering. Uh, Arkansas. Arkansas as a quarterback that's a thrower, not a passer. So maybe he can get a couple turnovers from this guy. Arkansas, their coach is an offensive line phenom, right? So what he wants to do is recruit offensive linemen, develop offensive linemen, and run the ball and where you out in the second half. But the Bearcats, uh, regardless of the fact they only returned five on defense, remember, Fickle does a great job recruiting to his scheme. These high school guys, he's already, he recruits them from sophomore year on. So this is good. You see a guy, so three years, doing in Ohio, wherever they recruit him, uh, on the program, developing, right? The fickle way. He's, Fickle's like, hey, I was at Ohio State. We've got all these guys in the NFL. I've, uh, you know, gotten this team to the playoffs. We built this program. Uh, do it my way, and things are going to work out for me, all right? So, so sophomore year, this guy is working out, doing the Bearcat way. He gets to Cincinnati. He red shirts, weights, works out, gets his academics right. And now, as a red shirt freshman, his first career start in Cincinnati. But he's been working on the scheme for what, four years to do a specific job there. So the fact that they only return five in this scenario. It's not a big a deal. Now, the fact that they have 105 starts in the offensive line, I believe is a big deal because they'll be able to uh, necessarily push around Arkansas in the first quarter. But as the game wears on, they'll be able to cover the spread for us. We don't care who wins. We just want them to cover the eight points. It's probably going to be there on Saturday morning for us as we hear a lot of ESPN hype and then uh, very exciting in the next couple of weeks we're going to do the uh, sec preview which had the most downloads of the previews last year second to the big 10 we just did the big 10 a lot of people downloading the big 10 so cincinnati plus eight under uh 54 points that first game september the third against arkansas my wife's from florida she calls it arkansas as the year moves along, look for them not to cover spreads. Uh, September 10th, 17th at Miami of Ohio. Uh, in Indiana, two defense coaches going at each other. Coach Allen and Coach Sickle. Look for that game to be under the total. All right, that's your sustained uh, Bearcats. Um, those looking for the non-betting perspective, they'll, they'll be in the hunt for the title. I'll be in the hunt for the title of the uh, AAC. All right. So we got Cincinnati, Houston. We'll go to uh, one of my favorite teams in the AAC, other than the school that I graduated from, USF, is East Carolina. Coach Mike Houston. Uh, he won a title at the FCS level. And, uh, James Madison, uh, great developmental coach. He returned 63 starts on the offensive line, 
seven on offense, seven on defense. East Carolina has, I believe, a fourth or fifth year starter coming back to quarterback. We're looking at them the way Houston has uh, structured the program. Uh, he puts a lot on the quarterback. He has the ball in his hands on every play. Kind of dictate what's going to go on. And the better he plays, the way they structure the program, uh, the better opportunity they have to win. And the fact, again, the developmental team, the fact that he is in his third or fourth year, I think his name is uh, Holton Alters. He's in his third year as a starter. So he, he gets a guy that he starts right away and make sure that that kid develops each year to the point where he's in his fourth or fifth year after the retro year that, uh, you know, he can put more sophisticated game plans in because he's seen a lot. And plus 10 against North Carolina State. North Carolina State is going to be hyped up because they're from the AAC. Remember what I said about marginal utility? Uh, 1 through 22, there's not much difference between an East Carolina and a Mississippi and the SEC. The problem is depth. Uh, you'll notice FCS teams will upset FBS teams early in the season, but have no shot later because of depth, right? They don't have enough numbers. But early in the season, people are hyped up. Nothing bad's happened yet. They have a good attitude. Watch out. So I like the East Carolina Pirates. Plus 10, September the 3rd. And notice how we are looking at games, setting bases for these games this early. So when Saturday comes, we're not in the amygdala brain, which is the panic portion of the brain, picking games because there's scarcity. You got to get a ticket to the window before the game starts. No, we're doing it way before, nice and relaxed, evaluating the situation. And, and half of this is knowing who's good, who's not. Corporate governance and Mike Houston saw it. The second half is math. Right? And people's perception. Uh, first game of the season, North Carolina State. They have a really good team. Listen to the AAC preview, went into in depth. So the fact that they have a really good team coming back means that they're leaving a lot of things in their back pocket for bigger fish to fry, like Clemson, Clemson University, right? It's more important for North Carolina State to beat Clemson that it is East Carolina. You're going to have just enough place to win and hide the rest because they don't want to get Dabble Sweden's film. That creates a big opportunity for East Carolina to throw the kitchen sink in an in-state rival and big game for recruiting, right? A recruiting game, I call it. Made a lot of money identifying recruiting games. Where one team has a competitive advantage against the next team, and if they beat them, it helps recruit them. Get better players, better players. Uh, you, you develop them, boom, you got a better program, right? Mitigating the excesses and in the Jimmys and the Joes. So Mike Houston, a guy who's won a national title, developing people in the FCS, North Carolina State with more fish to fry. Uh, the total, again, 56 is too high. It's a key number. 
So it, on, on that Saturday, it's quite possible you can get plus 11 and the over under 57. So you would go under 57, uh, East Carolina plus the 11 points. And man, we are making money. Remember, 52.5% is break even. And we are on 70% for the year. So you want the biggest margin between 52.5% and 70%, right? Uh, watching football, making money, watching football is always our goal. So that's your East Carolina Pirates. And if you don't know who these teams are, if you, you know, don't know the Pirates, don't bet. Don't bet blindly. Always, always do your research. As far as the rest of the year goes for East Carolina, uh, looking at spots for them. As you look at their schedule, I looked at it before, I'm just refreshing my memory here. East Carolina Park, uh, Pirates. The computer's coming out. All right, so you got Old Dominion. It's going to be a really good game. Uh, the next week, another in-state rival. Look for that Navy game to be under. Uh, made a lot of money picking a lot of under games with Navy and uh, East Carolina. East Carolina is an under team. That's a developmental team. So those are the games that jump out, right? The under and Navy, and then that first game of the season. Also, on October the 28th, they go to BYU. BYU is probably going to be overhyped, oversold in that. Uh, depending on injuries, depending on what's going on, do your research. That's the spot where you, you start looking hard at the East Carolina Pirates. Because uh, BYU has a name, yes, they're going to the Big 12, but they lost a lot of players. That was last year. This is 2022, not 2021. Move in the past, he died in the past. Next thing we're going to look at in the AAC is your Memphis Tigers. Coach Sliverfield, great offensive line coach, great salesman. And a great businessman, salesman think short term, long businessman think salesman think short term, businessman and women think long term. Uh, so we're feel making four million dollars a year, doing good long term. He's a great recruiter, right? So you got to know your exes and knows he's going to be a head coach and make four million dollars a year, Fred Smith's money, and you got to be able to develop players in Memphis. You've done a great job. He's done a great job with roster management. He has a, a hundred starts coming back on that offensive line. He's got 30 transfers that came in in the portal. He sold them on the Memphis Tiger program. So Memphis, I, I think the AACs for the most part are gonna stay together because of low numbers of eyeballs and earn advertising revenue. That we learned from 
Graham Honecker gifts department at Butler. They have a lot of money in that area. Uh, the program's done well. And they're getting, again, another overhyped SEC team, Mike Leach. You're going to get 18 points from Memphis over under 57. Again, uh, yes, these two teams will have high powered offenses as the year moves along, but game one with a fresh defense on both sides, uh, throwing exotic blitzes at each other, man, that game is going to go under that 57, right? So remember, out of 10 games, the goal is to get eight, nine of them right. 52.5% break even. We're seeing a lot of unders here. Uh, that's too many points, 57 points. Memphis at the third at uh, Mississippi State. Uh, they bit, they beat Mississippi, they beat in SEC teams the last time. Every time they played an SEC team, a power five team in the regular season the last five years, Memphis has won. This is a game too where you might want to sprinkle a little bit of money on the money line for Memphis. So let me do a research here. With a money line bet on the Memphis Tigers, you do your research, make sure that uh, there's not any major injuries with Memphis. But as things line up now, and Coach uh, Sliverfield being well, and again, Mike Leach is almost like Trip Kelly, he treats uh, non conference games almost like preseason games. And again, remember, he has to hide. A lot of his best plays he's seen in spring, a lot of best places you'll see in fall camp. You can't show it to Memphis because it's more important for him to beat Alabama, right? Or play Alabama well and not give Nick Satan film to watch uh, playing against Memphis. So you'd rather beat Alabama than Memphis. He's going to keep things in his back pocket, thus the under. And look at the money line uh, situation. But also San Antonio, San Antonio, Houston. That's a game we want to look at the money line, San Antonio. Uh, I need to pull it up. It's a lot of good games, September the 3rd. September the 3rd is going to be good. First, uh, we can see it's going to be August 27th. But September the 3rd. It's lining up like a very profitable day. As we look at market inefficiency. So the totals in this game, they look like to be a market inefficiency that we exploit. And remember, people have gotten rich exploiting market inefficiencies and using fundamental analysis. That's what we look at corporate governance so closely because it's made us money in the past. Does it mean it's going to make us money in the future? Past performance is not. Does not indicate or predict future results. So you make a determination every year. So Rutgers Boston College, we talked about that one. Richmond, Virginia, we talked about that one. Arizona, San Diego State, that's going to be a good game that day. As we hunt down, Memphis and 
Mississippi State. All right, so some reason not on the site that I usually look at. I'm thinking it's going to be around plus 450. That means if you put 100 bucks down, uh, oh, here we go. You put 100 bucks down, you get 450 back. So, it's just going to crazy. I think Memphis can win in the line. I'm probably going to get 18 points. So it's plus 600. So you put 100 bucks down on Memphis and get 600 back. Possible. So the way I'm going to bet this game is going to be Memphis. Usually bet $1,000 on the game. So I'll put uh, $700 on Memphis plus 18. I'll put $200 on the under 57, and I'll put $100 on the Memphis money line. So the fall three hit, that's 600, uh, 600 again, $1,200, $1,200 plus $1,300 profit just for that game. So what does that mean? It means gas, it means groceries for the week, just on uh, Memphis and have money left over. Yeah, so very, very, very exciting. With a hundred starts on the offensive line, means they can control the game, control clock, get some runs in there, shorten the game, and keep the game under for us, and be able to cover it for us, even if it's a late touchdown, plus the eighteen. So remember, fifty-two point five percent break even. So you always want to win two out of three to create a hedge. I mean, I could go. 333 on each, which might be a better strategy. Uh, and I go two out of three, get the plus 18 and the total, and I make profit, right? I make $600 minus $300, $300 profit on the game. And if they hit it, 333 times 600, that's 1800 So $2,200 on that game. So you make a determination based on the research for the game. But right now, that's looking really good. Your Memphis Tigers, plus 18, under 56 points. 57 now. And maybe sprinkle a little, maybe it's just 50 bucks. I might go uh, 500 plus 18, 400 under 57, and then 100 on the, on the money line. Or you know, fifty on on the money line, Memphis. Again, bigger game for Memphis, beating an SEC team for recruiting, uh, for conference realignment, whatever. Then it is the other way around. So very very exciting. New York Memphis Tigers at Mississippi State. All right. So Navy, Navy is the quintessential developmental program. Uh, their experience does not matter. Uh, it does matter to corporate governance. A coach, great coach. I always pronounce his last name right. Tolo. Been there 16 years. Knows how to run the offense, how to recruit people to that exotic offense, the triple option. And they run clock. And you look at it, you mitigate factors. People on the weekends like to go to the casino and bent overs. 
didn't see any name of the game. Oh, I'm going to bend it over blindly, not doing any research. We love that because then we go the other way. Navy, uh, you bet a lot of unders when Navy's involved. And teams that play, that run the ball well, like they do with the triple option, play zone on defense, wait for other teams to make mistakes. Those teams do not cover as favorites, but cover as underdogs. And again, a lot of people made a lot of money, not just me, uh, betting uh, Navy when they play in Notre Dame, for example. And Notre Dame gets an inflated oversold line just because they are Notre Dame and they play Navy. Uh, doesn't mean they could stop the, that triple option. Uh, you know, again, they have bigger fish to fry. Also, you know, unwritten rule. You know, coaches like to be patriotic. You don't want to blow out a service academy team necessarily, unless you have a grudge against the, the head coach or something. So for the most part, all things being equal, then you always do research, but for the most part, uh, Navy is going to cover the spread and keep the game under. They had a four and eight year that coach usually does well, regardless of the talent coming back. So he has a heightened awareness this year. He doesn't want to have two losing years in a row. Uh, last five, he goes seven and six, three and six, 11 and two, three and seven. COVID year, which you can throw out in four and eight. Remember, teams recruit on a two year cycle. Uh, we talked about Northwestern, they're kind of extreme. They win the 11. Three, eleven, three. Uh, you kind of see this with them, right? You go seven and six, three and ten, and then eleven and two, three and seven, four and six. So look for them to kind of bounce back. Uh, they play Memphis on September the third. After Memphis gets beat up by Mississippi State, so look for them to cover that to get a bye on the seventeenth early, and then to go to East Carolina, another developmental team. Not the greatest talent in the world, but great coaching. That's to us, says the under. <laughs> Big time. Uh, at Air Force Sur Service Academy Championship, there. Uh, those are games you're going to look hard at the under and look for them to cover the big spread. And they play Notre Dame on November the 12th. Figure out what's going on with Notre Dame. If Notre Dame has a chance for a national title. Guess what? They are, and they played USC probably later. Uh, they're going to keep things in the back pocket. They just wanted to win the game against things. They don't want to blow them out. So look what the line is, look how the line changes, and bet Navy and the under, with all things being equal, uh, this season. If they bounce back for a four and eight year. All right. That is your Navy midshipman. Now, a team, one of my favorite teams as well, in the AAC. It's going to be the SMU Mustangs. One of my favorite coaches, Coach Rhett Lashley. Uh, as you look at the corporate governance, Rhett was the office corner, co-office corner with Gus Malzant at Auburn when they went to the national title game. Uh, he knows how to run that spread offense Gus Malzant runs. They score a lot of points. He's a two-time finalist for the Royals Award as an assistant. So that means he's good 
with the X's and O's. And he's also good with the Jims and the Joes. Uh, you give him a list of 20 guys to recruit, he's going to get them all in. If he was a minister, you would have to leave your checkbook and your wallet at home. If you go watch him preach, he'll take all your money. That's the type of guy Brett Lashley is. Uh, he's put together a good staff. Uh, Simmons, who came from uh, Missouri, Coach uh, Dirkowitz, good off his mind there. Uh, and then uh, good old Scott Simmons was defensive coordinator at Liberty. Liberty covered a lot of games for us. Coach Hugh Freeze is a good people person, good networker, business networker, as far as the business of college football. So uh, look for SMU to score a lot of points. They got six coming back on offense, seven on defense. Uh, the coach left, Coach Dykes left. But he left him with a good offensive line, 120 starts in the offensive line. We get talkers like this, like uh, he runs to a server field, good uh, businessman and salesman. They get good quality talent from the portal without thinking people. So I like SMU at North Texas, September the 3rd, Coach Seth Trail at Texas. Remember North Texas, right? Uh, the benefactor of this, the Tillman Fertilla family, the Fertilla, $23 billion. They got a new stadium there at North Texas. That's going to be a barn burner. And North Texas is getting 10 points. Again, the over-under is ridiculous, 69. So again, listen to the theme here. Get it past that key number. Key numbers are 3, 7, 10, 17. Plus 11. If you, if you get a plus 11 under 69, go with the mean green in North Texas. All right. Remember, uh, SMU has 103 starts on the offensive line. That means they're going to run the ball very hot, especially if they get a lead on North Texas. His coach, uh, Lashley, wants to keep things in his back pocket. If he goes to at Maryland, big game against CCU, then uh, USF October the 1st before the bye. He does not want to show Maryland, TCU, or UCF a lot what they do on offense. They want to uh, get by the mean green of North Texas, right? Not necessarily blow them out. And remember, Seth Luttrell, that's a legit coach there, can't pay a lot of money over there in North Texas. Big game for them, another recruiting game as they go to the SEC, at the AAC, and LA Talent. Right, so this looks like to be a conference game in the future if SMU doesn't go to the Pac-12, which is what they're looking at. So at UCF, it's going to be an interesting game. And then they have homecoming Cincinnati. Remember, if you live in the past, you die in the past. So Cincinnati is just getting by, winning squeakers, playing defense and running the ball. They might be oversold when they play SMU on October 22nd. That case, you look at the Mustangs. The first game of the season, I love the main green under. I guess that because they're, they're looking at what SMU and what North Texas will be, their office will be in midseason. This is the first game of the season. Remember, uh, as we start betting games, the, the biggest improvement teams make is returning the first and second game of the season. So this is the first game of the season. Yeah, yeah, the points would be scored about 69. And then people 
just getting drunk on Friday night and waking up on Saturday and betting the over uh, might inflate that line. You might go look at, you might go under. You got to look hard in the under as you do your research right before that game. But right now, we've laid the foundation. We process the information. So you're not processing all that information on Saturday morning. You do it way before. And as the weeks uh, comes up, right? The uh, first game is uh, August 27th. This game is going to be September 3rd. If you're looking at a month out, uh, we've already got this game lined up. Why? To make money, to make that $71,000 you made last year. Very, very, very exciting as we do our research and things line up. Uh, next thing we'll look at is going to be your uh, Temple Owls. And they have a new coach. Last coach, Perry, is really get the governmental coach at Northern Illinois. I imagine that the covered ones and two bears. However, uh, 30 players transferred out, but 30 players transferred in. And Sam, Sam Drain, again, another great salesman. He's a great recruiter, not just an Exodus and Emmett's guys. He coached with Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer just doesn't keep coaches around uh, without high performance. Jeff Collins and Steve Adazio both did great at Temple, and both are Urban Meyer coaches. They coached on that 2005-2007 that period at the University of Florida, where they're noted for winning national championships. And there's, like think, three or four serial killers on that team. One guy that just got arrested in our cold case, he killed a couple people. He was in the backfield, and, of course, Eric Hernandez killed, like, four or five people and some other guys. <laughs> I wonder how many of those guys Coach Drayton recruited. But in his career, he recruited Cam Newton. And then Cam Newton started stealing laptops and ended up at Auburn, where again, Malzahn over there at uh, UCF that we'll talk about uh, got $100,000 cash, cold hard cash, the question's asked in a paper bag to get Cam Newton. But he was originally coached and recruited by Stan Drayton, who's not the head coach yet. Temple, as we look at the corporate governance of Temple, uh, to determine our investments in Temple, uh, short-term investments, short-term options before games. He recruited Chris Rainey from Lakeland, Florida, from my wife's room, Marshall Lattimore, Cleveland, Ohio, Curtis Samuel, Brooklyn, New York. So he knows how to recruit the Northeast, knows how to get guys out of Portland. Uh, develop guys out of Philly, get them in, get them to play. Ezekiel Elliott, he recruited him for Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Jared Faison, uh, Hillsborough, Florida, Tampa, Florida. Paris Campbell, got him for the Buckeyes. Uh, Keontae Ingram was recruited by him. Denzel Ward, uh, Maurice Pouncey on that, on that famous team. Pouncey, Maurice Pouncey is the one in the documentary talking to Hernandez in a very weird conversation, right? We know now they're part of the LGBT community, and we don't judge. We're just uh, reporting you decide. Mike Pouncey is uh, a religious straight. Uh, Mike Pouncey from Lakeland, Florida, with my wife is right. And then Steve Wilkes, you recruited back in the day, 
is now your defensive coordinator to play Cleveland Clowns. So again, great networker, getting guys in. You're going to have a lot of talent, right? Uh, it's going to be big for Temple that first game of the season. Get the good vibes going uh, with all the new players as they gel. But they're going to be a talented team, uh, Temple. Look for them not to be as bad as people are thinking. Watch for them to go uh, six and six. So if you can get a season total of around four for them, they went three and nine last year. Uh, I see six wins for them as you look at their schedule. Duke, Duke has a new coach. So they're going to have actually more talent than Duke. So that's one. Lafayette, that's two. Rutgers, remember Rutgers has bigger fish to fry later in the season. Cristiano's a defensive guy. He wants to run the football, keep games close. Look for them to cover Rutgers. If not win, Mass, that's four. So it could be three and one going into the Memphis game. Then you go Memphis, UCF, Tulsa at home. They might have just as good a talent as Tulsa. So that's maybe your fourth or fifth win. Maybe. Maybe again, uh, they rely on triple option. Um, they can get in a battle with them and win them. So the, the, now you're looking at five, six, then Houston, Cincinnati, and then East Carolina. They have might have more talent than East Carolina. And if East Carolina, this fourth year quarterback is hurt, uh, you got to look at Temple. So the season total for Temple at four, you can get it at three some places. I like the over and Coach Drayton because Drayton knows how to identify. And recruit talent. So you got to think those 30 guys that came from the transfer portal uh, probably can play. And he knows his system. Urban Meyer is not coaching. So Urban Meyer is just a phone call away from Stan. Stan knows where all the bodies are buried. Literally, figuratively. So Coach uh, Urban Meyer has to pick up the phone and help his former assistant out as the head coach of schemes and preparing for teams as the season goes along. I'm sure he has already. So he, he put a good staff together. Look for Stan Drain and Temple to cover some spreads this year. More often than not, looking at their games and uh, to go over the season total of four wins. All right. So from a betting standpoint, that is your Temple out. Then you have, now, uh, I'll put them last because you cannot, no rule, one rule of betting is you cannot bet your own team. So next on my notes, I have USF. Uh, but a lot of people ask me during the season, I know you can't bet your own team, but if you did, who would you pick in this game? Every single USF game. <laughs> I get that question, I get my DM bombarded. I do know a lot about them. Uh, I've watched every single one of their games the last 15 to 20 years. The program has been in existence. So I know a lot about USF, follow them very, very close. But another team I follow very, very close is your Tulsa Hurricanes. Jerry Jones, benefactor of the program. They have 51 career starts on that offensive line for Tulsa. Uh, Philip Montgomery. In his eighth year there, and he's only had one winning season. Actually, two, six and three and 20, which is a pretty good year. And then last year, seven and six, 
likes to run the football a lot. It's a developmental program. You lost the first round draft pick uh, that Dallas got. Uh, so they only returned 65 guys in there. 51 career starts in that offensive line. For a team like Tulsa and a coach like Phil Montgomery, he likes to recruit Texas a lot. Uh, so it doesn't seem like he won a lot of those recruiting battles versus San Antonio. Which is going to be interesting because San Antonio is going to be in that league next year uh, in the AAC. So I do not see good things for Tulsa this year. I think they give us some regression to the mean uh, at Wyoming. Got to look at Wyoming. What does Wyoming got? Because a lot of people sleep on your Mountain West. And I would not do that. Uh, you got to look at Wyoming at night. And you got to look at unders for Tulsa as they try to shrink the game and keep games close in the fourth quarter. Maybe they have a chance. But you look at a lot of unders for Tulsa, and uh, I think the season total is seven games. You got to look hard at the under season total for Tulsa. I really do not see a lot. Now, they do play at Mississippi Lame. Kiffin, September the 24th. You got to look at that overhyped SEC line. If you get something crazy in the 30, uh, by that time, uh, since their emphasis is on running, it does recruit fairly well in Texas, that offensive line should be okay to keep the game under and for them to uh, start the game basically trying to run out the clock, uh, not get blown out by Mississippi and beat a uh, lame Kiffin Mississippi SEC inflated line and keep that game under your Tulsa Hurricanes and under the season total of seven. Good old Philip Montgomery pushed eight years at Tulsa, six losing seasons. And he developed his guys, he got them there, and now these guys are gone. And uh, now he's gonna have to deal with the current roster. And Let's see if Jerry Jones keeps giving him time to develop his team. As this year looks to be a down year, I think what he says to keep his job is, hey, uh, I did it before. I could do it again. It's a two-year cycle. We'll be good next year. All right. So we'll go. You can't finish university. And then we'll go USF for last. Uh, give you all the information you need. Make your own decisions about USF football. But you can't finish university. Coach Malzahn uh, is thinking national title. Uh, he is thinking to your cycles. Last year, they, they finished strong. Uh, they beat Florida. And the bowl game, which bodes for their talent, right? So they have nine coming back on offense, eight coming back on defense. Gus Malzahn won a national title as an assistant coach. Gene Chizik, who was the defense coordinator in North Carolina, uh, he went to a national title, lost uh, last play of the game against Florida State, Florida State criminal, James Winston. 
rapists, right? The great people of Tallahassee is running to the quarterback of a national championship team. They had 132 career starts on that offensive line. Chip Lindsay, head coach in Detroit, did a great job to play with Detroit. He's Auburn since the 18th. Then David Gibbs, his dad, was an offensive line Hall of Fame coach. Hall of Fame since he was at Denver when he the Super Bowl. But he taught his son, right, how to coach. He's their co defensive coordinator. Uh, he's there because he knows how to recruit. David gives your pedigree there. Uh, was up for the Royals. So Gibbs was up for the Royals Award, defensive back coach at Missouri. And I use a lot for reference to Phil Stillman. So read it from Phil Stillman. Royal Friday night. Look for them to do well in that game. Look for Louisville to have a play online. It's going to be at you can't finish with Orlando. At FAU, September the 15th. You know, we're really tired. So, really tired of FAU covers as a big dog. It's not really his favorite. Probably going to be a big dog in this game. Look for really tired with his big offensive line to cover that game. That's so you, you can't finish. And I think you think you can't finish university. It's probably going to undefeat it. Until Friday night, November the 25th, they got the shirt on when they play the USF Bulls. And we're going to spoil their season. We're going to be thinking next championship playoff. We'll beat them at home. We'll beat you can't finish. And uh, watch the fans cry in the stands. Then they're going to have to try to get refunds for all the tickets they, they try to get. Go to the playoffs. You can't finish university. Remember, have a big bias. They're our main rival, but I do think they'll probably be undefeated uh, until they get beat by us on November the 25th, day after Christmas. When we look at TV numbers, one year, uh, the 45 44 game uh, with USF, and you can't finish. That was and Scott Frost was the head coach. Had, uh, you can't finish. That was the highest rated game uh, that whole season. So, uh, big things for the AAC. So that's that's uh, that's you can't finish. Uh, they got 132 career starts on the offensive line. They got everybody coming back on defense. They got great coaching. Josh uh, Balzard has been to two national title games, so they'll be undefeated until they get beat by USF. And USF, where I graduated from, uh, is the last team we'll look at. Coach Jeff Scott, it's crazy, small world. In 1990, his dad, Brad Scott, was recruiting William Floyd at Lakewood High School, where I was going to school. And William Floyd ended up winning a national title for State by the Valley in a Super Bowl with Steve Young and Jerry Rice. But his Brad Scott uh, was recruiting in Florida State. He was the offensive coordinator in Florida State. Got to Bobby Bowden, and I escorted him, you know, being a student assistant, working for a desk, escorting assistant football coaches. Um, assistant coach, football coaches looking at, uh, at players. Now his son, Jeff Scott, 
is the head coach for USF, won a couple of national titles with Dabble Sweeney at Clemson, uh, recruited the Hunter Renfro's of the world, or the Sean Watson's of the world. Now he's at USF. Uh, 2020, you can throw it out. Yeah. Last year, there were in a lot of games. They had uh, one, two, three, four close losses. That would have been 66 bowl season. But they have uh, 154, doing a great job at roster management, Coach Scott, 154 starts on the offensive line. In the portal, they bring in the quarterback who won the Big 12 title for Baylor. So the future looks good for the USF Bull. Uh, they bring in uh, a guy who uh, looked really good at Clemson, uh, Chan Morris. They switched defensive coordinators. Uh, Travis Trickett, his dad did a great job at West Virginia, good pedigree there. These nepotism guys like to hire other nepotism guys. But in this case, we're lucky because Jeff Cott, who's a great coach, Coach Trickett is also a great coach. The new defensive coordinator is Bob Shoup, who coached in the SEC, Mississippi State, did a great job, 1819, uh, Tennessee. And a really good defensive coordinator for the Penn State Nittany Lions in Vanderbilt is a Jeff Franklin guy, who again, great development coach. And great hire again. Uh, coach Scott has a great network. He knows how important it is to hire good assistant coaches as he was assistant coach on a multiple national title team with good old Dabble Sweeney and he plays entire Tiger. We're talking about Daniel Prado, who used to be special team coach at Arkansas. Coach Morris over there in the SEC, we got him at USF. Uh, September the 3rd, BYU plus 13. People betting last year's BYU team, not this year. But I can't bet that game, and I'm highly biased. So you have to put an asterisk by that pick. All right. So very, very exciting. That is your AAC. And we give you a lot of information, not idle information, information you can monetize. All the picks I give out are free. You don't have to pay Action Sports $300. You can monetize just using my picks and learning how to use. Now you know the importance of kind of thinking through starters coming back on the offensive line. So always close with Winston Churchill. Uh, people say the Linsky's like Winston Churchill, the real Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make your life from what you give. Thank you for listening and uh, participating and tipping us here on the ESBC podcast network.